pray and let's get started. Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for an opportunity just to call you Lord God. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross uh, for us. And Father, we understand that by your stripes, we are healed, Father. We are healed from seeking selfish desires. We are healed from seeking our own way. We are healed from depression and, and low self-esteem. Father, I think we thank you that we're healed from trying to do our, things our own way. We're healed from seeking out selfish endeavors. God, I thank you that tonight your word will capture us uh, and that we'll hold on to your word. I thank you that we will choose to accept you as Lord tonight and not just save you. We will choose to live a life of holiness, a life of sanctification. Father, I thank you that we will choose to see ourselves in your word so that we may be changed and reflect your glory in the earth. Father, I thank you that as we dive into your word, you will help us to see the importance of discipline. You'll help us see the power within it and that you will help us to understand how daily choices and developing systems will help us produce the kingdom life you have promised in John 10 and 10. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, let me get a sip. Let's get rolling. All right, so tonight we're starting a new series, and the new series is going to be called, titled The Power of Discipline. All right, The Power of Discipline. And tonight we're going to focus, uh, we're going to spend our time talking about the focus, focusing on the system. I'm not sure about you, but I was blessed by Pastor Edwin's, uh, uh, I don't want to put Pastor Edwin's and then Ed together. Pastor Edwin's talk yesterday titled Ed Talk. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was really blessed by it. Uh, and, and, when it, and it was funny because we both simultaneously, oh, I ain't going to say simultaneously, I had typed in my notes last week that I'll be talking about discipline, and then he had done something, and I was like, well, I guess the Lord is, is going to teach us how to be disciplined, you know, because it is it's greatly important, and part of what I'll talk about tonight, uh, I know on Pastor Edwin's Ed Talk, he didn't get into the Word and the Scripture as much, but I want I want to talk to you about what the word says about this one briefly. And then I want to give you some steps on how to create a system to walk out discipline. Because I think a lot of times we tell people to be disciplined, but there's some practical things that we can all do to become more disciplined. And so my goal tonight is to be able to walk through the, the spiritual side of things and the practical side of things so that we may come out looking more like God in the end. Because you do understand that without discipline, there is no holiness. Without dip, discipline, there's no sanctification. Without discipline, honestly, you won't be able to please God. Because in order to walk by faith, that's going to require some discipline. Because when God told Abraham to believe, then Abraham had to make a choice whether he was going to believe he'll be a father of many nations. He had to discipline his mind. We just did a five-week series talk about my, managing your mindset. He had to be disciplined in his mind. He had to be disciplined in his thoughts. He had to be disciplined in his body. He couldn't go into his wife and like, oh, Sarah, it didn't happen last time, so bump it. He had to be what, what Pastor Edwin said in his Ed Talk, which was step number three. He had to build up some resilience. And so that's what we're going to focus on. And it's going to be 
everything, not everything from the Ed Talk, but we're going to spiral in what we learned yesterday into tonight's lesson so that we may become better people. Why? Because we do not re despise repetitive teaching. All right. We do not despise repetitive teaching. So uh, when most people think about discipline, it may be in a negative context or one of the thoughts that may, or this these thoughts may come to mind. Right. What do I have to give up now? When people think about discipline, man, what I got to give up now? Uh, I won't get to do what I want, right? I remember people saying, well, I can't get saved because uh, I still got some stuff I want to do. Because you 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 equate the discipline to being something negative. Oh, if I'm disciplined, I can't express myself the way I want to. Yeah, you cussing out people ain't what you need to be doing anyway, but you feel like discipline limits your expression. You're exactly right. Discipline, godly discipline limits your expression, but exposes God more. It said, some people may like, I'm already disciplined. Baby, you ain't disciplined. You got a little willpower. You're a little motivated. Right. But you, you ain't disciplined. You haven't made a decision. You haven't carved anything away. Some people are like, oh, discipline. Oh, that's way too hard. I ain't about that life. I'm about Jesus as Savior. But I ain't about this whole discipleship thing. You know, I ain't about laying, I mean, uh, doing what he wants me to do above satisfying my own desires. Some people are like, mm -mm, I don't got time. I'm just too lazy to be disciplined. All of these things are reasons why people just like, you know what? It ain't happening for me. But you understand that right now you enjoy discipline, whether you know it or not. If you're a sports fan or a football fan, you enjoy or a sports fan, I mean a basketball fan, right now, there are millions of people uh watching, and I don't I'm not a basketball fan, either watching March Madness or will watch Mar March Madness when it starts. Many people will sit in, in seats and in, in stadiums and watch the result of what discipline lives look like displayed on TV. Why? Because you love discipline. You don't always want to embrace it, but you love watching it. When people play in the NFL, when people run track and set records, when people create new things, do you think every invention just came about because of the first time they got it right? No. They were disciplined. We are reaping the enjoyment of discipline right now with technology. Somebody was disciplined enough to keep working on something so that any person in the world can access the other person in real synchronous time through something we call the internet. So we enjoy the benefits of it. We just don't always want to employ it. So there may be, I mean, so, 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 and some people are like, well, you know, it ain't discipline. They just so talented. You got to understand, talent alone will not sustain results if you're unwilling to work. Talents alone will not sustain results if you're unwilling to work. And for many, this is where exercising discipline gets really hard. You have been, you've been really successful in life. You've had everybody pat you on the back, and you've had verbal congratulations congratulatory remarks made on your behalf. However, now in life, you face something that you're not good at. God's asking you to do something you're not comfortable with. Maybe it's outside of your wheelhouse of strength. You, I don't know. Maybe you were smart growing up, and because you were smart, you just got what they call book sense. That was me. I'm talking about me. But now 
you 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 encounter something God's asking you to do, and God's never asking you to do anything based off your skill. He's asking you to do something based off his ability. And so when he calls you to do something, then he's calling you to do it because he's already equipped you to do it. But you automatically disqualify yourself because for some people who are high achievers, then you have never developed a systematic way of experiencing outcomes because you just had good book sense. It just came to you easy. And that's why research shows us that if you take a struggling C student and a lot of times or, 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 or a, a CB student, what they have done is develop systematic ways of experiencing success. And they take those same ways and they adapt those to adulthood in their jobs to becoming CEOs of companies where the A students often find themselves in management positions because they have never developed the systematic way of becoming great. And that's why a lot of people shy away from their calling from God, because God is always asking us to do something that we cannot achieve in our own efforts. That's what he's asking or something that's outside of our comfort zone. And if you are, were a high achiever, I was a high achiever. If you're not careful, you will minimize and disobey God simply because you don't see yourself being skilled enough. God, Pastor told us on Sunday, if you were there. God doesn't need your skill. What he needs your yes. That's what he's looking for is your yes. So this is what we got to understand. Every day with every choice, you're either going to strengthen your self-discipline or you're going to diminish your self-discipline. And we'll talk about that in a moment. All right. You're either every choice every day. You're either making self-discipline easier or you're making it harder for yourself. Uh, and, 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 and let me preface this. There are two books. Uh, that I was, I'm reading and continue to read. It's Atomic Habits by James Clear, and it's um, The Power of Discipline. I forgot who wrote that. I'll have a quote in a minute. But both of them are really great books. If you like, hey, uh, I, I want something to read, get the auto, audio book, but Atomic Habits by James Clear and The Power of Discipline. But in, in one of those books, it mentions a study that was done. It was called the Marshmallow Experiment in 1972. It was done by Stanford. And y'all have all heard of the uh, uh, thing, probably. They, a kid goes into a room. There's a marshmallow on the table. The guy tells the person, hey, check this out. If you leave this marshmallow here, I'm going to walk out. I'll be back in 15 minutes. If the marshmallow's there and I come back, then I'll give you two marshmallows. But if you eat it, then you only get the one. Well, what they find out, they did this experiment and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, in 2011, they tracked down the living uh, students that participated in that, in that uh, experiment in 1972. And this is what they found out. Those with more self-control who was able to delay gratification to that second marshmallow for 15 minutes were living more successful lives. And they compared those to the people who ate the marshmallow first. And they had these categories. But in every category, the ability to delay that gratification impacted their adult decision-making, all right? And, and But the other thing, that, and that's just part of the, th uh, of the experiment, the part that I want you to really get is this. They found this out to be true. Discipline is not innate. It is not something that you're born with, that some people just got it and some people don't. Discipline, as Pastor Evan taught us yesterday, 
is a skill. You can master it if you're willing to put in the work. And so that's what I love about that study. Yes, we're going to self-gratification is important, but so many people feel like, oh, Pastor Elwin is great because he's so disciplined. I just can't be that disciplined. You're lying. I will I will, I will be the one who helps you tonight. All right? I talk to you the same way I talk to myself. You are lying. You have the ability to be disciplined because discipline is a skill. The same way you learn how to use the blue app, the same way you learn how to scroll TikTok, the same way you learn how to navigate the college campus, the same way you learn multiple routes to your job, the same way you did all those, those are simply skills. And you can master any skill if you're willing to put in the work. And so that's what you got to understand is that nobody's limited. Nobody is um, exempt from being disciplined. And so you may be wondering, why are we talking about discipline? I already told you, there's no holiness without discipline. There's no advancement in the kingdom without discipline. And you want to ought to live a holy, I said it that way on purpose. You want to ought to live a holy life. Why? Because as we're born again, we should reflect the character of the Father. So I shouldn't want to be out there living any type of way. I should live like something. I should want to live gooder and gooder, the same way he's blessing me. And my life is getting gooder and gooder. My reflection of God's care, of Christ's character in my life should be, be getting good and good, gooder and gooder. I should be exemplifying holiness, but there's no holiness without discipline. There's no advancement in the kingdom without discipline. There's no discipleship without someone leading uh, who is disciplined. Pastor Edwin, if he didn't exhibit discipline, how would and studying the word and to living a righteous lifestyle, how would he be teaching us how to do those things? So if we are to disciple other people, then there gotta be a remnant of people who are willing to exercise discipline so that they can make disciples. The kingdom is not a do what you will, but living according to the word is a not a do what you will type environment. The kingdom is a live according to the word environment. Now, church and religion has watered down the fact that we're supposed to live holy lives. The religion has watered has made it seem acceptable to 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 sleep with somebody and still be okay with that. Religion has made it acceptable. That's not your spouse, right? Well, they grown, they both grown adults. So ain't nothing wrong with them living together, but that's not what the word says. Well, they grown, ain't nothing wrong with them doing X, Y, and Z, but that's not what the word says. So it's regardless of what religion says, if you can't just justify that behavior in the word, if the word says something different, you can't allow religion or the traditions of man to be your thing that you make it okay. Discipline is still necessary. Galatians 5 and 22 says that this, I mean, discipline is an indication of the working of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 and 22. But the fr fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. Self-discipline. So how do I know I have the in-working of the Holy Spirit? Once, What's one way I have ev evidence that the Holy Spirit is working inside of me? I have self-control. I have self-control. And so if I want to know if I'm here in Holy Spirit. If you're letting Holy Spirit work, you will see the fruit of that, which is self-control. And now that word discipline, 
You gotta, you're right, Everett. You gotta have self control. You gotta have self control. That word discipline comes from the Greek word krat, which means denoting power or lordship. All right. So when I live a disciplined life, I am living a life where I have power or lordship. So when we say self-discipline, I am saying that I have power or lordship over myself. I have the ability to exhibit self-control. And the reason that is important because we got to understand that discipline actually is for our good. Discipline helps us to share in the holiness with God. Discipline yields a great reward. That's what it says in Hebrews 12, verses 10 and 11 and Amplified. Discipline. It says, for our fathers disciplined us only a short period of time and chastised us as seemed proper and good to them. But he, God, disciplines us for our certain good that we may become sharers in his own holiness. So when we have the ability to be disciplined, when we employ self-discipline, when we lord over our lives by utilizing the Holy Spirit, then we may become sharers in his holiness. And so I will not access holiness without employing discipline, without employing self-control. So that's why we're talking about it, because when we get to some steps in a second, it may seem like this is a coaching class. It may seem like this is just a business class. But I want you to understand that everything that we're talking about, about discipline, is all about us producing the character of God. It's about us producing holiness. It's about us living a sanctified life. It says in verse 11, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous at the time. It says grievous and painful, but afterwards, I got this underlined in my, my Bible, afterward it yields. Go ahead and type that. Type that. Afterwards it yields. See, what you got to understand that discipline may seem tough. It may seem hard. It may seem grievous. It may seem painful, but I love it. Afterward it yields. What does it yield? A peaceable, peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. See, I want to be trained by discipline. It says a harvest of fruit, which consists in righteousness and conformity to God's will and purpose, his thought and action resulting in right living and in right standing with God. When I live a disciplined life, I will find myself yielding fruit of righteousness. I will find myself in God's will according to his purpose. I will find myself having the thoughts of Jesus Christ. I will find myself operating the same actions that God operated in. I will result, it will result in righteous living and right standing with God. I will be the jest of God. We understand that the jest shall live by faith. So I will understand that I have been what? I have died with Christ and I have risen with Christ. I understand that I will dwell on those throne room realities because I have discipline over my life. Now, I'm going to make this statement and it's going to seem, it's going to seem off, but I need you to hear me out. You're the only person capable of changing your life. No one can do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. You're like, what about God? God has given you access. He's given you power 
and he has given you tools to change. But if you don't utilize the access, if you don't employ the power, and if you don't put the put tools to work, you will live life through it, through you'll live life with lots of potential and very little kinetic, very little energy, very little action, very little output. So you are controlled. You are the only person capable of changing your life. God can give you access to change, but if you don't accept it, you won't change. See, I can give you access to my bank account. That could change your life. But if you never go to the bank, well, well, mine may not change your life today. Let's just, <laughs> you know, you can have access to $50 billion in a bank account and that could change your life. But if you don't access it, if you don't employ your right, your power to go into the bank, if you don't use your signature and show your identification, though you have the potential, though you have the power, though you have the access, though you have been given something that could change you, it doesn't change because you then activate what you have been given. And so though God has given us all these things, though Jesus becoming human, stayed human on our behalf, though Holy Spirit has the ability to dwell in our hearts and give us, have the love of God shed abroad, and we have that power, if we don't hold on to that, if we don't employ that, then we cannot change our own lives. So that's our job. So we will not have a lot of, so that's what I wanted you to know. And going forward, I'm not going to have a lot of scripture. We're going to get into the meat of focusing on the system. So it's established. What does discipline does? Discipline allows me to live a holy life. Discipline allows me to share in the holiness with God. Discipline allows me to yield fruit of righteousness. Discipline is what God has asked for us asked for in order for us to make more disciples. Discipline is my way to manifesting sanctification. So that's why we're talking about it. Now it's needed in every area of our life. And so go ahead and make this confession as we get into it tonight. I will conquer myself. I will conquer myself. Why do I say that? God did his part. Jesus done did his part. The Holy Spirit is doing his part. What are you doing with your part? What are you doing with your part? Because what you don't understand is that we become slaves to whatever we're subject to. And so if I'm subject to if I if I'm subject to my emotions, I become slave to my emotions. So I don't exercise discipline because I'm always responding to my emotions. I'm always responding to the slave of my stomach. I'm always responding to my sexual desires. I'm always responding to my negative thoughts. I'm always responding. Some of us, some people are slaves to procrastination. You can't do what God wants you to do because you're a slave to procrastination. You always, I work better under pressure. Baby, you just launched yourself. You're justifying the fact that you're a procrastinator. I, you're a slave to living unhealthy. You're a slave to your money. You missing church, go work overtime, and you know you need to work, but you're trying to get that. You, you're a slave to your money. Your, your money tell you you ain't tithing this month. You don't tithe. Your money's your lo lower. You're subject to that. Who's your master? That's why I said everything we talk about tonight will be about you conquering yourself. We know 
because we're Bible teaching ministry, you're, you have that ability through the Holy Spirit. There's nothing, you have that. So when I say I ain't teaching this other religion, you have the ability to conquer because of the Holy Spirit. All right. Uh, I refuse to be a slave to rebellion. That's the thing. Some of you, some of you are subject. Rebellion is your master. You just got this prideful spirit about yourself. Somebody can tell you to go left. You're going to go right just because you don't want to do what they say. Pastor Edwin asked us to be at service. I ain't got to do all that. Your rebellion keeps you broke. Your rebellion keeps you sick. Your rebellion keeps your relationship in need of repair. That's all rebellion. Rebellion never leads you to good life. And then pride. You should have been at church on Sunday. Sometimes you got to show up. Pastor did her good teaching. Had us all shifting Sunday at church. Because she talked about pride. Right? So those are all things that if you're not careful, that cause it becomes your master and you can't employ discipline. All right? So tell your neighbor this. Say, I will focus on the system. Tell your neighbor, say, I will focus on the system. All right? So... Here's the thing that we got to talk about when we're talking about a system. How many of you guys have ever lost weight only to find yourself big again? Anybody? Can I see some hands? Well, no, I almost see no hands because don't, you don't have to worry about it. How many of you have ever stopped eating a food and said, you know what? I, I ain't going to eat this. I saw Crystal. Uh, she said she wasn't eating candy anymore. You know, God actually, hey, don't eat that anymore. You're like, I ain't going to eat that no more. And then next thing you know, you eating that again. How many of you have ever stopped cussing and fussing only to find yourself losing it on somebody again? See, tonight, that's what I want to help us with. I want to help us to eliminate the reoccurrence of ungodly and undesirable behavior and outcomes by focusing on the system. That's what we're going to do. All right. And so that's what we're going to spend our last 30 minutes together doing. All right. What's a system? First of all, a system. And I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I just skipped. Um, a system is a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done. It's an organized framework or method. So when I'm talking about a system tonight, I'm talking about a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done or, or in an organized framework or method. All right. I am going to be referring to the small daily changes you need to make in order to develop new habits, right? So that's why a lot of us have gotten to a point where we lost the weight, we lost the, we stopped eating the food, but we had this yo-yo effect where it reoccurred over and over again. And the reason that it reoccurred is because we didn't have a system. What we had was motivation and motivation will take you so far and it'll sustain you so far, but a discipline is what fuels you for the long haul. And had you developed a system for eating, instead of being focused on the outcome of losing that weight, then you could have sustained it after you met your goal. And we'll talk about really quickly, is, is, your, is your happiness tied up? 
in the completing of the goal. And at that point, you have done it all. And then you let down your guard because you never created a system. And then before you know it, you find yourself and gain 35 pounds where you had just lost 25 because there was never a system. There was never a systematic daily change in habit that gave you the desired outcome. Because if we focus on the system, the outcome takes care of itself. If I change my daily habits, the outcome takes care of itself. And we know this to be true. Look at sports. Look at Deion Sanders when he went to Jackson. He had a system. All right, in sports, how many times have we seen a team mediocre average, a new coach comes in. Yeah, they may get a few athletes here or there, but a new coach comes in. The new coach brings a new what? What does he bring? A new system. In that new system, the coach outlines what's going to be done. The goal is winning, right? But in order to win, what are the daily things we're doing as a team to get to that? What's our outlook? What are our inner thoughts? How do we see ourselves? How do we approach the field? How do we approach practice? What's our outlook on team sports? Over and over again, we've seen people come in mediocre places and make them championship teams all because of changing a system. So this is what we got to understand. Goals don't last if you don't change your habits. Goals don't last if you don't change your habits. So if I don't change my habits, I can I can get pumped up to do the Daniel fast or the or or, or the uh, what is it called the lemon diet or or whatever fad you want to do, and you complete that. But goals don't change unless your habits change. So many times you jump out and you do something that's extreme but it's not sustainable. I am not knocking, kicking off your jump, jump starting your weight loss. What I'm saying is without a system, a habit change, your goal won't last. You'll get to the weight loss. You'll get, you'll have the money saved up. You'll get in the relationship, but you, because you didn't take care of the habits needed to sustain it, that motivation will get you there, but then you'll be in the middle of it and then don't know how to sustain it. And you'll find yourself, hey, the relationship ain't working. Hey, my money is uh, dwelling from my saving. Hey, the weight is coming back on me. Hey, and here's an, I'm a practical person. You, your closet a mess. Some of y'all right now, y'all closet is just horrendous. Your house horrendous. Your car horrendous. And you like, I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to clean out my car this weekend. And you clean out your car this weekend. It looks great. Your closet is spectacular. Everything in its place. But then in two weeks, it looks the same. You know why? You didn't change. You developed a, You had a goal. You met your goal. But you didn't change. You didn't, ch you didn't change the habit. You didn't say, hey, look. Uh, I should pick up this sock and put it where it goes. And if I keep picking up that one sock, and if I hang up this one shirt, if I put these shoes back where they go each time, I never find myself in a crisis situation of needing to all of a sudden spend five hours cleaning out my closet, cleaning out my car. And so that's how we run life. And so what and what happens is we get so fixed on a result that we never change our system of doing life. And so it's this yo-yo effect. Clean closet, dirty closet. Clean car, dirty car. Maintain a healthy weight, now I'm overweight. Save money, lose money. Good relationship, now I'm single again. 
all because of the system is broken. So in each scenario I just gave you, you achieve the goal, but you can't sustain the goal because your motivation got you there, but it won't sustain you. Motivation can be seen as a burst of inspiration. It is your resounding why, but discipline is the fuel to keep you moving. Discipline is the fuel to keep you moving. When your why isn't moving you, your discipline system will. When your why isn't moving you, when you have lost that weight five times and you can't find the motivation to do it, but you lived a disciplined life, then you will still be able to do it. And I'll get to some steps for you just in a second. All right. Motivation is sporadic. You can't depend on it. It may fuel you the first time, but the second, the third or fourth time is no longer there. So you got to ask yourself this question. You got to ask yourself this question. Am I chasing an outcome or am I changing my habits? Am I chasing an outcome or am I changing my habits? Am I chasing an outcome? Am I? Ralph, are you chasing an outcome or are you changing my habits? Because if you change your habits, your outcome by default will change. But if all you chase is an outcome and you motivate and you sustain it long enough to get there, but your habits didn't change, your system didn't change, your thinking didn't change, what you do each moment didn't change, then once you get to the outcome, you will feel like you're finished and you will default back to your system of living. See, it's been some men and women who saw an outcome they wanted real bad. They wanted a man real bad. They wanted a woman real bad. They knew they had baggage when they wanted that man or woman, but said, you know what? I change when they get go with when 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 I get with them. You know, uh, and see, some of y'all think y'all can change other people. Now, now let me help you. No, well, I ain't gonna get on that. That's gonna distract me. Understand this. The desire for a different outcome, a desire for a different outcome is not what's going to sustain you once you reach that outcome. You can't, if you know you ain't whole now, you shouldn't want to be in a relationship. You should be changing your habits to make yourself whole, right? If, if you know that you got issues yourself, then you need to work on yourself. Why bring baggage into a relationship? But what happens is you see an outcome you want. You got a goal of being married by 37. And instead of working on yourself, you just working on being booed up. And now you booed up. Now you needing all the relationship one-on-one -on -one classes. Now you need Shun and Edwin and the whole five-fold ministry to talk to you because you never set up a habit to, to stop being a serial cheater. You said, oh, she's fine enough. I ain't going to ever cheat on her. He's fine enough. I ain't going to ever cheat on him. Baby, you, you, your system was broken. You never put in parameters to keep yourself from cheating. You keep answering calls from people you know you're attracted to. You go places where people reside that you're attracted to. You put yourself in situations around people alone when you're attracted to them. There are some practical things you can put in your system to keep you from being a serial cheater. But you was going to change because of them. No, baby. You're, you're, you're resounding. Why? Because you when they were new, you you wanted to be with them. But now they're getting on your nerves. Right? Now they're bothering you. Now, now he or she ain't so attractive. And so you're resounding. Why? 
your motivation has worn off and your true character always comes through. That's why we got to make those daily changes to get there. And this, this, this quote will help you realize that. This is what it says. When you solve problems at the level of the result, you only get a temporary outcome. Once you resolve the inputs, the outputs will resolve themselves. And that's a Walter Daniel. That was the name of the other book, the author of the other book, The Power of Discipline, Walter Daniel. Look, look at that. When you solve problems at the level of the result, you only get a temporary outcome. Once you resolve the inputs, the outputs will resolve themselves. I'm going to go through a very simple example here. When you look at a reason, you look, you got to look at the reason you overeat. You got to look at the reason you blow up your relationships. You got to look at the reasons you always get laid off. Baby, it ain't the company, it's you. You got to look at the reason you, you always run to alcohol or drugs or sex or TikTok or TV or social media. All right. So here's our example. All right. Here's the outcome. Here, here's the thing I got to change. I got to change the fact I overeat, right? And so if you only focus on overeating, you go on a diet. But the diet isn't doing you any good. The diet does you good. You lose weight, but then you find yourself overweight again. You got to go ask yourself, okay, uh, am I solving this at the level of result, which is just simply losing weight? Because if so, I get a temporary outcome. I need to focus on my input. So why am I overeating? And so here's the example. I overeat because it makes me feel good. Ralph, why do you got to feel good? Because I need relief. That's why. Why do I need relief? Because I'm anxious and I feel overwhelmed. Why do I feel anxious and overwhelmed? Because I got so much stuff to do. Why do you got so much stuff to do? I didn't create a list and prioritize. Okay, that's your input. That's the root of it. You don't got a food issue. You got an organization issue. But if my focus is on not eating food, and I'm then I get and I'm motivated to quit. I quit for a while. I lose the weight, but I gain the weight because I was focused on the outcome or the result and not focused on the input. I wasn't, I didn't find out why was I doing that. Now, if you go back to the Ed Talk, Ed, the Ed Talk taught us this. Step number one, he said, don't even set a goal to you do what? Develop self-awareness. So I got to be aware of why I'm overeating. You're trying to accomplish the wrong goal because you just simply tried to solve the problem at the result. I'm obese because I eat too much. Yes, technically, you're right. Scientifically, you're right. You gain weight because you got either medicine or you consuming more calories than you're expending. But here's the thing while you're doing that. And so if you take a moment and you go back to our ed talk and you process some things, this is what you'll find out. I overeat. So I'm going to create a list and be, I'm not, because I've looked at the input, the why behind that, then I know that I need some organization. So I create a list and I prioritize it. Because he told us not just create the list, 
prioritize list and then go buy that because <laughs> don't be skipping. Do the hard things when, folks, if you're that Ed Talk, do the hard things first. So now I'm taking the same overeating example, right? Because we're practical. I create a list and I prioritize it. I still have a lot to do, but I know when to do them. Because I know when I need to do them, I do not feel overwhelmed. Because I don't feel overwhelmed, I don't feel like I need to relief or to escape. Because I don't need relief or to escape, I don't have the need to feel better. Because I don't need to feel better, I don't eat the cookie. I don't eat the cake. I don't drink the wine. I don't drink the beer. I don't seek out sexual escapades to relieve and release dopamine. Why? Because I dealt with the input. And so I begin to look at my system for understanding why am I chasing after this? Why? Because when you only look at, when you only try to solve a problem at the level of the result, you only get a temporary outcome. So when you look at your relationships, because you've been in like 12 and they all ended similarly in a sense that y'all had a falling out about a situation that Kind of look different, but it's the same situation just in 12 different relationships. But you've been in them all. So are you telling me that all them 12 men and women you dated were all bad? No, baby. You're the common denominator. So let's, let's backwards design. Let's look at this and see why did I get here. What's my system for self-awareness? Being real with yourself and stating why, why am I where I'm at and how did I get here? So you have to be careful that you're not fueling your own poor decision making too. You can't, you got to be really careful because the human mind is really easy to train. And so when you feel bad, you eat food. Your brain sees that as the reward and releases dopamine, which encourages you or, or desires for you to keep uh, doing that. This strengthens your need to recreate situations to feel bad in order to feel good. Does that make sense? So when you feel bad, you eat food. Your brain sees it as a reward and releases dopamine because it makes you feel good. So if you are not aware, self-awareness, Ed Talk Rule number one, this strengthens your need to create situations to feel bad in order to feel good. Sometimes you can't stay in a relationship because you like control. So anytime you feel like it's getting out of control, then you do something to take control that ends up blowing up on people and you end up by yourself. But you don't feel like you're by yourself because you reinforce that behavior. Because like I told him, I don't need no man. I'm independent, blah, blah. And you just recreating the situation. You wonder why you keep finding yourself running back to things that are not good for you. Because those things that are not good for you in your system, you have you have created a reward system for doing the wrong thing. That's why if you if you if you develop a system of change and you change your habits, then what happens is as you slowly change your habits, you begin to reward yourself for doing the right thing. When I first, when I was reading Atomic Habits, one of the things it says is make, make the right decision easy. And that's going to be one of our eight things. Make, making the right decision easy. And so he says, do it over and over again 
until even if you don't commit to it. So for me, it was going to the gym early in the morning. It was a time or two. I went to the gym, walked on the 12 tra treadmill five minutes and left. Why? Because I was just, I was creating a habit of change. And Pastor Edwin taught us the other day, uh, step number two in Ed talk, start small. See, what you want to do, you want to go in there and lift 350 pounds. What you want to do is go to the gym seven days a week. Oh, it's 30 days in a month. I, my goal is to make it a gym, 28 out to 30. Baby, you ain't been to the gym since you were six. But now you want to go 28 out of 30 days? Start small. So you know what? I'm going to make it to the gym three days this week. And go. And then increase that. But as you begin to make those daily habits, and then part of my system is this. I lay out my clothes every night. So when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like it. My clothes already laid out. My shoes and socks already ready. My water bottle is already filled. Oh, uh, I check the weather at night. Because I'm like, oh, it's too cold. I already put out a hoodie just in case. You got to make making the right decisions easy. And make part of developing your system is making making make making the right decisions easy for you. So this is the other thing you got to do. You when we're talking about our focusing on the system, when you set goals, you have to be really careful about attaching your happiness to the goal. Your happiness cannot be derived from the outcome of the goal. Because if your happiness is tied to the accomplishment of the goal, how, what, or how do you feel in the process of achieving the goal? So if all my happiness is tied up in losing 30 pounds, how am I going to feel during the process of losing it? What am I then? Am I sad? Am I overjoyed? What am I doing? Or if your happiness is tied up in the accomplishment of the goal, what do you feel if you don't reach your goal? Are you a failure now? And so we got to make a shift that our happiness isn't reserved for the future. We can be happy now. How am I happy now? Because I embrace the daily small changes I am making to accomplish the goal that I know I'm after. I, I'm happy when I see my alarm at 435. Ralph, you set that alarm and, and, and it's and you hear it. I'm happy when I put one foot out the bed to walk to my closet to put on my clothes. I'm happy when I'm like, hey, I'm out the house by 4.50 to be at the gym at 5 o'clock. You got to learn to embrace the system of changing more than the outcome. Because if you embrace the system of change, then you will sustain continual outcomes that exceed what you desired in the first place. It's why people who make money want to make more money. Why? You're releasing dopamine as you are achieving and smashing your goals. But you don't smash goal after goal after goal after goal simply because you set a goal. No, the smashing of goals on a repetitive nature is based off a system change. You have set up a system that says, you know what? This is what I'm going to do regardless of how I feel. This is what I'm going to do regardless if my team does it. This is what I'm going to do because it was lines up with this. And I'm happy about the fact that I got up and went to the gym on Tuesday. You celebrate your small victories. 
Because if you are only tying your happiness to the outcome of the goal and you don't reach the goal in the time frame that you gave yourself, now you can feel like a failure and those thoughts of failure now begin to eat at you and you feel like you can't do something all because you just had the wrong, you had your t happiness tied to something that it should have never been attached to in the first place. And see, that's what, especially if you're an overachiever, you've done something and nobody congratulated you. Well, let's run on back over to, the, to that Ed talk about motivation. He said that needs to come from internal. So you need to be your own cheerleader. You need to be able to go when nobody else says it, uh, notices what you're doing. And then here's the real thing. Your motivation needs to be able to hear the God says, Ralph, I am pleased with the work you did on the earth. How great would our lives be if our motivation was only to please God every day? And if we're honest with ourselves, if we go back to number one from yesterday's talk, self-awareness, you'd be like, God, I don't do it. I don't do stuff to please you. A lot of times I'm only thinking about myself. And if you're just honest with God and you locate yourself, then you could then move. But a lot of us, we... Uh, we ain't, we ain't honest with ourselves. We be lying. I love God. You don't love God. You ain't did nothing God wanted you to do since last Sunday. You don't love God. You lust God, but you don't love him. Love does what's inconvenient. Love always gives. For God so loved the world, he did what? Gave. For you so loved the world, you gave up food to fast before prayer. That's what love looks like. Love looks like bringing that tithe into the church. Love looks like giving offering. Love's like give, calling somebody that you don't like because the Lord told you to. Love looks like uh, discipline and applying for that job. Love looks like selling that house that you love, but God told you to go somewhere else. That's what love looks like. Love is never concerned with itself. It's always concerned we're taken care of. There's nothing, we don't read anything in the Bible. God talks about he's concerned about himself. He is always looking to take care of us. Love is always looking to give. And if we're honest with ourselves, you're like, God, I got a love problem. I, I, I know you love me, but I don't love you back. And, and, and why don't I love you back? I don't really love you because I don't really trust you. And if we can be real with ourselves, then, then we can move. All right. So let me get to as we yeah, we're almost out of time. So let me let me get to this. All right. So when you're developing a system, you got to understand that change is difficult. Change is hard. And it often happens in layers. Pastor Evan told us that yesterday. So really quickly, here's some layers of change. All right. Number one, the result. The result is only a part. I am not telling anybody not to set goals. You set goals because goals give you direction. Right. And you said smart goals. And Pastor Evan told us what smart goals were yesterday. All right. So that's number one. Number two, the system. That's what we focusing on. The principles or procedures according to which something is done. The organized framework for or methodology for accomplishing a task. Right. So what's my system for getting for achieving weight loss? What's my system for making saving the money? OK, this is what I will do. I am going to go, I am going to order, I am going to order all my food online because when I order it from the, when I go to the grocery store, I buy extra. That's part of my system. 
I am going to deactivate all of my credit cards from Amazon and all the stores that I purchased from. That is part of my system, right? I am going to uh, also, and whatever your system is, I'm going to take those cards and I'm going to lock them away. Or if you don't have enough control, I'm going to take all my cards and I'm going to give them to Coach Vaughn. I'm going to give them to my brother to say it. And I'm going to let him hold on to that. Right. And so, and each time I need to buy groceries, I'm going to call Sid and ask Sid for my card number. And that's how I'm going to spend money because I don't have, you got to be self-aware. You don't, you know, you don't have the ability to keep that card and not spend. So you got to set up a system that helps you attain your goal. And then you're like, okay, I've been doing that well. Now I'm going to ask Sid to give me a card back. And I'm going to go a week a week with this card and see how I spend. Because if you look at your spending, you don't understand. But every time you got that coffee and every time you got that drink from the convenience store, you didn't realize the $10 here to $13 there each day, how that resulted in $600 you spent in a month. Not that $600 is a lot of money. I'm not telling you not what to do, but I'm telling you how your systematic habits hinder your ability to save money. you like, I don't have enough money to go on vacation. You would if you stopped drinking that coffee and spending buying that Coke every morning. $13 a day is 300, make sure I do my right math right, $390 a month. $390 a month if you just save it for 10 months out the year, right? That's $3,900. If you single, you can go a whole lot of places for $3,900. You can get flight, you can get accommodations and buy food. So it's not that you can't afford, it's the fact that you're not disciplined, you don't have a system in place to control your spending. It's not that you gotta be fat, it's that you don't, and I'm talking to me, I don't gotta be overweight, I choose to be overweight. Because for a lot of us, we don't got medical conditions that cause us to be obese. We are obese by choice by the food we put in our mouth because we ain't developed a system. When I go, when I buy food, here, make make it easy. Don't buy nothing sweet and bring it to your house. Don't bring, don't buy those pops and bring them to, if you got an issue with sodas, don't buy no sodas and bring it to your house. Make making the right decision easy. You know, if you got an issue with wine, that's real easy. Don't buy none. Don't go that way home where you pass the liquor store each time. Block his number. Block her number. Practical things to put in your system. Because you're like, I just want to stop having sex. Well, okay. How do you do that? Well, Pastor Evan told us yesterday, you got to be resilient. So when you get the tinglies or whatever you get, you got to be resilient, right? You got to stand up. You got to create a routine. So what's my routine? Team? I don't watch movies uh, that have a lot of intimacy in it. I don't uh, listen to things that talk about having sex all the time. I don't. That's part of my system. I prioritize my tasks. I read my word. What does the word say about righteous living? 
What does the word say about living a sanctified life while I'm single? What does the word say about that? I prioritize things because changing your mindset is how you change your habits and changing your habits is how you change your actions. And once your actions, I mean, your actions to your habits and your habits, your character. And so your outcomes are different, not because you just set a goal, but you put in a system that supported you achieving your outcome and repeatedly smashing those outcomes over and over because it wasn't that I was focused on the outcome. I was focused on the daily mundane things that were going to get me to the place that God wanted me to live. And you got to celebrate your daily accomplishments. That was Ed talk number 11 to make the right decision. And then if you do screw up, number 12, you had to practice self-compassion. All right. So here's the thing. We got to fall in love with the daily choice and you will sustain the system even after accomplishing the goal. I love, so you, you got to do that. You got to fall in love with it. You got to fall in love with it. You, know, you go to your, I just told April, I was like, man, we got anything else in there to drink? We did. All we had was water. All we had was water. So guess what I had to drink? Water. You got to make making the right choice easy. That's part of the system. And I know it's plain, it's very simple, it's very practical, but it's why we don't achieve goals, why we can't live disciplined lives. Even Jesus, you do you understand that the Bible is a system? He gave us the way we should live life each day in order to accomplish the outcomes that he has for our life. Joshua 1 and 8, he says, look, study. Meditate on this word both day and night. Observe to do according to everything that's written therein. All right? That's your system. Meditate, right? Observe. When? Every day. He says, then the outcome. You're going to make your way great and have good success. He has given us a system. The entire Bible is a system. It's a set of principles and procedures on how we should live life in order to experience the outcomes that God has for us. But if our only goal is the outcome and we don't employ the system, we don't employ the word, we don't employ the Holy Spirit, we don't give him the ability to help us make the right decision, then we find ourselves wanting what God has, but never experiencing what God has because we didn't live by his system. All right, we got to do that. And then number three, and we don't, we don't, we're out of time. But number three, you got to know yourself. You got to understand that what motivates Pastor Edwin may not motivate you. You got to reframe your purpose. What motivates Pastor Chris may not motivate you. You got to be aware of your own self-doubts and how to overcome those. You got to make a decision and not try. You got to make a decision and not try. You got to be final and don't attempt. Because when I say I'm trying to lose weight, that's an attempt. When it says I will lose weight, that's final. You those little words, you don't. I, I've never tried to be black. I've never tried to be a man. Uh, I, I ain't trying to be a husband. Those are things I've decided. I ain't trying to be a good daddy. I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to be a good employee. Those are things I've decided to do. And when you decide to do something, it cuts off all other options. So for sometimes you don't. You ain't. You don't meet your goal because you 
part of the layer of change, you ain't made a decision. You're still trying to be saved. As long as you try to be saved, you won't be saved because you ain't cut off everything else that opposite of salvation, opposite of sanctification. You got to decide, all right? You must decide. So y'all write these down real quick as we finish our, our, our first thing on focusing on the system. Eight quick strategies to help you to employ discipline, all right, when we're talking about the system. Number one, remove temptation. Get the cakes, get the sugar, get the men, get the women, get the uh, money, whatever it is, remove temptation. Remove it. Just, just get it out your way. Get it out your way. If, if you know that you don't got enough gas in your car to make it to the gym, fill up tonight and remove the temptation of not going to the gym with the excuse that you don't got no gas. I mean, that's just simple. Remove the temptation. Number two is really important. Insert a 10 to 15 minute pause before deciding. So many times you you have an uh, urge to do something. Like I had, I did this myself. What I had to do, I found myself getting distracted. So I stopped bringing my phones in the office. I'm in my office now. So I left both of my phones outside in the, uh, in my, I mean, put them in my bedroom. If it was somebody from work, I have an iPhone, I'll use a Mac. It was going to ring my phone anyway. So I wasn't worried about it. That wasn't a big deal for me. Uh, sorry, just a second. Uh, so you had, you got to make the choice to, uh, alarm going off. You got to make the choice to hit the pause button. So when he texts you, when she texts you, when you have the urge for the food, give yourself 10 to 15 minutes because what science tells us, within 10 to 15 minutes, most urges will go away. So if you, and that goes back to that marshmallow effect, self-gratification. If you choose not to employ self-gratification, then what happens is waiting that 15 minutes will extinguish that need. And so then you can go on by doing the right thing. All right. So insert 10 to 15 minutes pause before you decide to do anything. Before you like, oh, this work is too hard. Let me just relieve this and get on TikTok. No, I'm going to keep working for 15 minutes to try to figure out this issue because it's the priority on my list. Instead of seeking relief, going to TikTok, getting happy, releasing dopamine, and then reinforcing that habit that every time work gets hard, I get on TikTok. Now your employer playing you for eight hours, but they're only getting five and a half for the other three and a half, you seeking relief through TikTok. So employ 10 to 15 minute pause. Plan to stay out of survival mode. You got to plan. When you plan, you stay out of survival mode. Why is it important to stay out of survival mode? Because survival mode activates the desire for immediate gratification. So what I got to do, if I plan how I'm going to do my day, if I plan X, if I plan Y, if I plan Z, it keeps me from surviving, right? So one thing that I do, I keep snacks in my car. It's how I stay out of anxiety mode. It's how I stay out of, I want to slap a kid mode sometimes. Because you be in your car and then all of a sudden, they get hungry out of nowhere after you told them to eat something before you got to left the house. They don't eat nothing. So now everybody's hungry and you in the car. And it's really quickly to like, oh, man, uh, I told y'all to eat and get on a bad attitude. No, you plan. Here's a snack. Here y'all go, right? 
For some of y'all, y'all need to keep a snack in the car and then you won't be spending all your money on fast food. You won't be spending all your money on lunch, right? Because you, you plan your lunch. It keeps you out of survival mode. Number four, create a schedule. Uh, create a schedule. That Pastor Evan talked about routine. He talked about the need to have schedules. And uh, Number five on Ed Talk was create a schedule. I'm not going over that one. Number five on my list, embrace the mundane. In the Ed Talk, plan spontaneity. You, you want, and I'll be, I'm guilty of this. I used to hate when April talked about planning all this, planning out. Listen, let's just live life, right? No, that ain't how you experience success. Success doesn't happen by accident. Success is planned. So you got to spend the time you need embracing the mundane. And, and, and I said that word because it doesn't always look glorious uh, changing your habit. Discipline isn't pretty. Discipline isn't this thing that people are going to clap you on the back for. No, discipline, I mean, Michael Jordan, when he was, I mean, nobody was up at four in the morning shooting thousands of shots. That didn't look pretty, but we all enjoyed what the records he got to set. Why? Because he embraced the mundane. Number six, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's where I'm at. I am putting myself in positions to be uncomfortable. I danced at somebody's wedding, y'all. Anybody who know Ralph know I just I don't like dancing. I ain't never did that. But I'm really trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable because as you put yourself in more uncomfortable situations and you find out that you didn't die, you didn't hurt, get hurt, you, that nothing, it didn't blow up and it worked out, you'll be willing to take more risk. And for some people, you where you are because you're unwilling to take a risk. You're unwilling to get uncomfortable. So you got to get uncomfortable. Uh, number seven, reframe, find joy in the system. You got to find joy in the system. And number eight, make making excellent choices easy. Do yourself a favor. Make making excellent choices easy. Every day, make, how do I make my, I know you, you know you're going to wake up today. You late for work every day. Part of you overweight, let me tell you how. You, your alarm go off at 6. You got to be at work at 7. You hit snooze at, to 6.15. You hit snooze to 6.30. That healthy breakfast of avocado toast and an egg, boiled egg that you plan on eating, you can't eat it. Why? Because you hit the snooze button. And so now you got to get food from McDonald's because I can't go to work without eating. Lord forbid. You didn't make making excellent choice easy. When you set the uh, alarm for 6, Get up at six, get out of bed, get an alarm clock, plug it up in your bathroom so and set it for six. Require it to move your butt somewhere else in order for you to get up. Now that you are up, go ahead and get in the shower, get fresh, put in your clothes, make your avocado toast and boiled egg, eat healthy and start your day better. But we, you got to make making excellent choices easy. So that's why when we focus on the system, and I went out of order, but that's why I feel like we, sh we should start. The system, if you start making little bitty daily habit changes now, and you focus on your system, then employing discipline will come a whole lot easier, all right? So as you get your offering together, go ahead and make this statement. I will win the moment repeatedly. I will win the moment repeatedly. That's all a system is. I will win the moment, the moment of, getting out to bed when the alarm goes off. I won that moment. The moment of putting on the clothes, I won that moment. 
the moment of going to my car. I won that moment, the moment of driving to the gym. So discipline is all about winning the moment on repeat. All right. That's what the system looks like. Winning the moment on repeat. All right. So we'll pick up next week. Uh, we'll continue to talk about uh, discipline, but focus on the system this week. Ask yourself, all right, what goals do I have that I haven't developed a system for implementation? And how does my system need to look? What are the small daily changes I can make that will help me change my outcomes? And is overeating really my, I know overeating is the result, but what's the input causing me to overeat? Be self-aware, examine yourself, be metacognitive so that you can figure out the solution you need, develop the system you need to have so that your outcomes will be on repeat. Because the goal is to smash outcome after outcome after outcome. It's not to lose 20 pounds and just be done and, and gain another 20. It's to lose a 20, then refine that, and then keep that weight off. You keep it off, why? Because you develop a system for sustaining it. And know that your motivation isn't going to keep you. All right. So let's get to these banners. What we need to do now. We need to give. Why do we need to give? Because we understand that when we give to God, then he, he is his way of ensuring that we are taken care of. It's his system of, of, of proving to us. And so at FOC, we have 100% tithers. And it allows us to do God's work all around the world. And so we give through Givelify, Push, Pay, Tithely, Text to Give, and then our international partners give via PayPal at FOC Church NWA uh, at gmail.com. And so you guys make sure that you uh, are sowing, uh, make sure that you're sowing in our ministry and sowing whatever God called you to do. Be a bit, uh, be, be a sower in your community, right? Um, and I want to encourage people, if you live in a city, that be looking for opportunities in government. We need people, we need godly people in government. Well, I don't know what it means to be a justice of the peace. I don't know what it means to sit on the board. I don't know. Well, at some point you didn't know what a lot of things meant, but you figured them out because they were important to you. And so we got to, if we want to change how things are ran, we got to change people in government. So I encourage you to do that. But, uh, but make sure that you're giving, giving your money, giving your time, and, and, and giving your offering, but giving of your time as well to ensure that the kingdom can advance. Because we need kingdom people in every area of the world, in education, and in, in medicine, and in legal, and every in politics, everywhere, so that we can impact this earth for, for Jesus. All right. So you're giving your money. Uh, are you saved? If you're not, I encourage you to give your life to Christ. Come home. All right. If you want to rededicate your life, if you feel like, hey, that's something you need to do, I invite you to come home. I invite you to accept Jesus to your Lord and Savior. I invite you to confess that you understand that he was raised from the dead. And because of that, you are saved. You are set free. You are the righteousness of God. You are a new creature. And I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to come dwell in your heart so that he may cause the love of God to be shed abroad. And you may understand the depth, the width, the height, and the breadth of God's love so that the power working in you may cause things to be done in your life that exceeds your imagination and expectations. And that's what I ask you. And then get connected with a Bible teaching church that's going to teach you how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. And so I will see you guys on Friday as we come back for Champion Circle at 6.30 a.m. on Friday. And then 
be back here on Sunday morning with Pastor Chris and Elder Valley at 9 a.m. for Christian Valley Worships, followed up by Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean with Sunday Celebration. And then on Mondays, we're going to have Strategies for Success with Pastor Sean on her personal, I mean, on her uh, professional and personal page. And then now we have Ed Talk with Pastor Strick on the church's page and his personal page. And then Wednesday, we have the triple header. We have prayer at seven. We have Ignite at 7.15. And then, of course, Victory Zone is on demand. And then we'll be back here at Refresh at 8. Thank you guys for hanging out, which I know I went over my time tonight. I don't apologize for that, but I am grateful. And uh, implement the word. Go back and listen to Pastor Edwin's Ed talked on yesterday over discipline. Pastor Sean asked us all to listen to it at least twice. So if you are of this house, that we don't take the things they say as optional. We're going to go listen to it twice. Put it on while you're cooking. Put it on while you're exercising, while you're commuting to work. And just, just hear the word twice. Don't despise repetitive teaching. Y'all be blessed and have a great week. See you on Friday morning. Bye-bye.